the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning, hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good holy Sunday morning with God. Oh God, uh, you became man out of your love for us. You were born of the flesh to gather all people into the adoption of your Father and to make them his children through water and the Holy Spirit. O God, O creator of life, you became man in order to renew the image of Adam, which grew old and distorted because of sin. Newness of life came through baptism, the pure fire and the spiritual light. O God, you had no need for baptism yet came to be baptized and to sanctify the waters of the Jordan. O God, O Son of the Mighty One, you bowed your head before John the Baptizer, and the Father's voice thundered from the clouds and said, This is my beloved Son. The Holy Spirit descended and hovered above your head in the form of a dove, and the power of the Spirit was present in awe and wonder. O God, your children today in the world are suffering and they are in need that you defend them. As in Psalm 43, the longing of the people of God for the holy temple. Defend me, O God, and plead my cause against a godless nation. From deceitful and cunning man, rescue me, O God. We thank you in a very special way that you saved the lives of all the people who were worshiping in a synagogue this past week in Texas. We ask you, O Lord, fight for your people. Since you, O God, are my stronghold, do not reject your people. Do not let us go mourning and do not allow us to be oppressed by our foes. We ask you to send forth your light and your truth. Let these be our guide. Let them bring us to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, 
and will be forever. Amen. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters, my dear friends. I am very honored on this day to pray, first of all, thanking God for the safety of the worshipers in a synagogue uh, um, in Texas, who all of them, by the divine grace of God, uh, ended up being safe. We pray for the safety of all worshipers in the world. We pray for all those who are being persecuted. I send a message to all those who are being harvested to confusion or to cultures of hate, to cultures of annihilation. It seems like uh, um, in, in the recent days, more and more, we see two lines of people on earth. We see people who are trying to annihilate other people while other people are trying to say, please stop. Please let us reason together. Please let us pray together. The earth can fit for all of us. There is enough houses on this earth. There is enough space on this planet earth so all of us can live together. With this, we are entering still in 2022. And our special guest, Lara Logan, the beautiful award-winning investigative journalist and host of a show, Lara Logan Has No Agenda. Um, she's always a very special contributor um, to this wonderful program, and she is here with us uh, today as well to speak about uh, those incidents that we keep seeing happening in her uh, home state in Texas as well, and then also talking about the Supreme Court and uh, the extreme measures and the ruling over vaccine, anti-vaccine, seen um, the masking, no masking, and uh, um, doing the testing every week versus not doing the testing um, every week. We have a lot to see how are we doing in 2022 and what are the signs of times in this year. Lara, uh, bonjour à toi. How are you? Good Holy Sunday morning to you. Um, you know, I'm doing great. Um, I'm sad for uh, many of the things that I see around me. But um, but I'm always strong because I guess I, I you know I, God gave me a gift of knowing who I am and what I stand for and those principles they guide us they hold us they carry us and all they ask is that we protect them and fight for them. Lara, what do you think exactly happened with the people who were attacked while they were in prayer in a synagogue? Well. You know, we don't know a lot about this attack because the attacker was killed. And it's kind of unfortunate because the standard protocol for anyone in counterterrorism, you know, is to is to keep the um, attackers alive if you possibly can, because you, you know, they are your greatest source of intelligence. And when you're dealing with something like Islamic terrorism, right, which has a very well-defined agenda, it was defined by al-Qaeda on 9-11. And it has never changed. It is a, you know, it is basically a fight for uh, global power, right, power over the world. When they say restore, restore Islamic rule to the entire globe, we've never had Islamic rule over the entire globe. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, that's a lie. And what they really mean is we want to control it all. And there's no difference, you know, to the globalists and the, the Nazis and the fascists and, you know, anyone else who's tried to rule the world. And we get very caught up in the religious um, aspects of this because God is so powerful. And um, we know if you look in history, for example, Saddam Hussein of Iraq was never religious until after he lost the Iran-Iraq war. Or, you know, I don't remember if he lost it exactly. Both sides, in a sense, lost. I think he prevailed on the battlefield, but he took a lot of pressure from that. And what he saw was that the Iranians, they lost a million people in that war. And it didn't affect the Ayatollahs and the religious leaders. And the reason for that 
is that the Shia were more than willing to walk into battle and be slaughtered in the name of God. Would I be would I be mistaken? Would I be mistaken if I say Lara Logan is the most expert journalist we have probably in the West? about no. uh, about Islamism versus Islam, about the true culture of Muslim people versus the um, religious terrorism that harvests and take and and, uh, and somehow produces um, religious hate and abuses against Islam and allow that this religion will be utilized um, to hurt people. Uh, you lived in Muslim nations. You interviewed uh, um, major leaders from Pakistan to Afghanistan to Egypt in Africa, in the Middle East, in Iraq. Um, you have a beautiful and heavy background on this. What is it that an American average person needs to know? The difference between a Muslim person versus this um, um, school of terrorism that we see um, that, as you said, um, rightfully so, Islamic terrorism is as dangerous and somehow, or is no different than communism or secularism and somehow. What is the message for an average American so they, they discern facts, but they don't also throw the baby with the water bath at the same time? So what I would say is that I'm not an expert in the sense of a scholar, right? I don't, I don't consider myself to be the voice on anything. This is what I am. I am someone who knows people. I have walked um, all those paths that you have talked about and many more. I have been to the villages of ancient Mesopotamia where Jesus walked. I have asked people to show me the oldest building. So instead of reading about it online and uh, listening to some academic or some presentation from the White House or some intelligence agent, I have asked the people on the ground, take me to your oldest building. And where did they take me? They didn't take me to the mosque and they didn't take me to a church. They took me to the synagogue. And so that way, you know, I learned firsthand, seeing it for myself, um, what is real and what is not real, and what is true and what is not true. And the truth is that religion is a very powerful motivator. And so it is used by people whose real goal is the same. It's a universal goal. Control and power to rule the world is a universal goal that many people throughout history have had. And if you look at Islamic terrorism, we face a very unusual situation in this, in this country, especially where we were told that you cannot say the word Islamic terrorism without being identified as someone who was full of hate and racist. And they created a new thing called Islamophobia, right, which was even it was funded and it was deliberately created right, by political entities who, who did that to uh, prevent any of us from looking at what this really is and trying to understand. It. And why did they do that? Well, that's a question for those people to answer. But what you see, you know, you saw it in play. In the beginning of this attack at the synagogue, the first thing that came out was that, oh, this is a terrorist attack, but it's got nothing to do with Jews or Jewish people or the Jewish faith. Well, that was so blatantly false and ridiculous and dishonest that uh, there was an outcry that followed it. And so many people were calling out the uh, administration for even saying that, especially at that point, within just a few hours, right? Lara, and, may, may, and I, may, I, may I ask you, may I ask you to adjust your, may I ask you to adjust your phone? To correct their statement. And they had to admit that uh, this was an attack on a Jewish target. It was. And, and the reason they had to do that is that people knew, know the truth. They know that in this fight, the elimination of everything to do with uh, the Jewish faith and the Jewish people is one of one of the number one goals. 
may I may I ask you first? Please adjust your phone so we can hear you clearly. And um, I wanna I wanna continue about um, uh, elimination, annihilation, or culture of cancellation. Um, what is your uh, theory? What did you discover? You're an investigative journalist. Uh, people today on both ends they do speak about yeah we we, we are facing a culture of cancellation. I think you went beyond that, right? You are discovering other elements that indicate there is a true systematic um, organized type of, um, I would say, strategy or work or facts that they indicate somebody is trying to eliminate somebody else. And that's dangerous, right? That's not a cancel culture. That's annihilation and somehow. Can you give us examples on that? Yes. Um, you know, Islamic terrorism is a perfect example because what they want to do is they want to end the conversation without solving the problem, right? And so if you, you're not allowed to talk about it because that makes you Islamophobic. And what that does is it prevents us from seeing the truth, which is that Islamic terrorists on a daily basis, who is their number one target? It's not what the propaganda says, which is, you know, Christians and Jews and so on. It is other Muslims. Who do they kill most of on a daily basis? Muslim, actually, believe it or not. They kill more Muslim people. Yeah. Exactly. More Muslim people. So this isn't really a war that is simply about the East and the West or Christians and Muslims or Jews and Muslims, is it? The number one enemy of Islamic terrorists is other Islamic people who don't believe in their radical or extremist ideology. And even in Uganda, I mean, sorry, in Nigeria, um, where you have a mass genocide of Christians, even there, other Muslims are being targeted and killed by the same terrorists. So this shows you that when, when people prevent you from having an honest conversation, when people want you to believe lies, you know, think about the attack on the Orlando nightclub in Florida, right? That mm-hmm. was carried out by Omar Mateen years ago under the Obama administration. What did they want us to believe? That Omar Mateen, the guy, the Islamic terrorist responsible, that he was somehow a repressed homosexual who had an issue with gay people. But they ignored the fact that ISIS and Al-Qaeda and other Islamic terrorist groups have been targeting gay people all over the world. That in Iraq, they were taking them to the top of buildings and tying their hands and throwing them to the ground. That and- in Iran, they would hang him for, for weeks and weeks in Iran. They hang him from, from exactly. poles, actually. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there is a real issue with targeting um, gay people by Islamic terrorists. In fact, the U.N. Security Council convened to discuss this issue, and it was the first time in its history that it ever convened to discuss a, 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 an issue relating to homosexuality and to gay people. What about all the gay activists in Turkey and other places who have escaped from Syria, who have horrifying stories of being hunted and how gay people are being targeted and, uh, and murdered? And yet, from the gay community, from the LGBT community, what you can see is extremely organized. It's extremely well-funded because we went in a very short space of time from never even talking about transgenderism to this now being one of the most important issues of the day, where every time you turn around, you know, you're finding, for example, the NASDAQ wants to pass rules that says you cannot be registered as a company if you don't have a transgender person on your board. But yet, when you look at the population statistics, the number of transgender people doesn't justify a measure like that. You don't even know if enough of them exist if you were to start implementing uh, those rules across all of industry, right? right? And so these things, 
you know, the truth is always very simple. One plus one always equals two. And when you have people telling you, no, that this is racist and this is not real math and this is not real true, this is not really true, then what you know is you're being lied to and deceived. And also what you know is that, um, you know, math and computing and science is the key to prosperity in a world that is moving into a technological era. So when you have people who are trying um, to take those tools away from uh, other people, you really have to, I mean, it's very obvious that they're not acting in your best interest. And people listen to this and they, they are deceived by the rhetoric. They think that these are political, you know, for example, that uh, I'm saying this because it's a political statement or I'm this or I'm that. Um, it's not true. You know, what I, what I would ask people is if you can identify the principle the principle will protect you and it will guide you because it will show you who is lying and who is telling the truth. When people say they care about social justice, but they only care about one kind of social justice and the results of their policies don't make anything more just, then it's obvious to you that they're not being honest. That's true. And, and, and that is the critical thinking and um, opening your eyes and opening your heart is the only way that you can really counter the misinformation. Don't believe them that you have to be an expert in this and an expert in that. You don't have to be an expert in math to know that one plus one equals two. I want to I wanna ask you when, um, you know, the role of media is very important, specifically the role of Western media, American media. Um, you have your experience for years and years, the most major outlets in the entire world. You actually worked for them. You actually were one of their stars, basically. The role of American media in this case is uh, crucial to help people being safe and uh, to know the truth, um, let's say in this case about um, Islamic terrorism, right? Um, and it seems you, you have a message. You're a messenger more than a journalist, but you definitely obey all the rules and regulations of true investigative journalism. You try to stop the culture of lies and deceits, as you said. Um, you know, you, you're almost insinuating that the media has to act on behalf um, of um, the, to, to represent the best interests of the people, to save people's lives. In terms of this attack that happened on a synagogue, which is, you know, in Africa, every day an attack happens against a church. Today in the world, the, the mission of hope and mercy was one of the early um, uh, uh, preachers and, and messengers and, and the voice of the voiceless in the world. When, when, when we came in the mission of hope and mercy to tell the American people and the American um, uh, politicians, including the president's candidates, all of them on all sides, except only few of them wanted to listen to our message, that today in the world there are about 300 million persecuted Christians. We have 740 million Africans in Africa under threat of major persecution. 49% of Africa is actually Christian. Christian, you know, and and uh, Nigeria, the largest uh, black nation on earth that has the most number of Christians, over 100 million Christians are in Nigeria, for instance. American journalism, American media, American politicians did not want to hear this message. Why? Um, because we are living um, under the same... Uh, rules all over the world. The same way that you have journalists um, in the in those villages, those tiny isolated villages all across northern Nigeria, where these massacres and where this genocide of Christians is taking place, they are reporting the truth and what happens to them. The journalists in uh, the cities 
who are uh, close to the government and close to the official narrative, they deny it. They're not there. They don't witness it. They don't live it. They don't even know if what they're reporting is true because they haven't done any first-hand investigation. They've never seen it for themselves. And this is why I say that it's important to fight for and hold on to and believe in and recognize that there are principles of real journalism and they are worth fighting for and they are worth preserving because they want us to go into this new media age where we've given up all faith and we don't think those things exist and then they won't exist anymore. When all of us die, when I'm gone and the other journalists like me who know that these things exist, when they're gone, then what happens? It dies with us. And that's what they want. And what is happening to those journalists in the villages in Nigeria is the same as what is happening to journalists today. It happened to me with Islamic terrorism when, uh, under the Obama administration when the scale of their dishonesty and their deception operation regarding the true nature of this was underway. And, I, you know, and it's happened to other journalists with, um, with COVID. It's happened to other journalists when it comes to Antifa and, and so on and so on. And what happens is... You know, there you're going along and you're just doing your job and you believe, um, you know, I believed I was at 60 Minutes in CBS. I believed in that we, our mission was noble and we did everything we could to be unbiased and so on and so on. And I still believe in that mission. However, I had no idea how much of a bubble we lived in. I had no idea how uh, judgmental we were about so many things that we accepted as truth. You know, a basic accepted fact was that people who were pro-life were crazy right-wing Christians and conservatives who blow up abortion clinics and that there was nothing more, you know, to see there, right? That this was just an accepted thing of life. And so our coverage always reflected that. Wow. I never met anyone in a newsroom in, in, at CBS or NBC or ABC who would stand up and fight for something that would be considered a conservative cause or even speak up for it. And, you know, my old boss at 60 Minutes told me when I when I said in an interview that most journalists are liberal, I didn't even think that was newsworthy because it's just a basic fact. We, um, we have we have about we have about three minutes and a half for this episode um, before we finish. This is good Sunday morning with Father Andre, and we have Lara Logan, uh, one of the best and wonderful contributor to the show. And and uh, Colorado loves to hear you, um, uh, Lara. I, I want to in, in less than a minute and a half give you um, the word to to speak about. You just mentioned something about the COVID. You just mentioned something about religious freedom. You just mentioned something about gay rights. You just mentioned something about the issues of pro-life, um, noble journalism, um, and people living in a, in, in a bubble. Where do you see America heading in 2022 if such a bubble remains? Where do you see us going? Well, my old boss said to me uh, that his greatest contribution at 60 Minutes was making us aware of our own bias. And it was underappreciated by everyone except the audience. And who is the audience? The audience is the people. The audience is the people of this country who, um, even though they're not experts in this or that, they see the truth and they see things for what they are. And more and more every day they are standing up. I don't think we know where this is going in 2020, um, too. I think that we are in a silent war. And what we see every day, for sure, we can count on an escalation in censorship. 
We can count on an escalation in deception and dishonesty because, you know, at this point, the clinical picture of COVID resembles flu more than it does Uh, Ebola, for example, and the mandates um, do not reflect the clinical picture. More and more and more doctors are saying this. They know it. Scientists know it. Immunologists know it, you know, and so on and so on and so on. Nurses know it. It's inexplicable to me how you can have doctors and nurses and and, uh, the Supreme Court forcing healthcare workers to do something when they've been working, you know, for two years on the front line treating COVID patients and now they have to get vaccinated. These were the heroes not so long ago. Lara, do you see the people waking up in 2022? I see what you see about escalation and censorship, lies, deception. Go ahead. The natural passage of time is exposing the lies. And people are seeing that this is not a left-right issue. This is not a Donald Trump issue. This is uh, an issue of uh, good versus evil. You know, and this is an issue of our our God-given rights and preserving the things that uh, that we believe in, like yep. you know, equal protection under the law, and due process, and all of these things. Thank you so and, much, dear uh, Lara, and I and I look forward to having you on other shows. Let us speak today for what we can before we are silenced forever, my dear friends. Let us praise the Lord, and today on this holy day in which we go to the altar of God, remember God is a God of our joy. May our Redeemer be thanked forever, and may He protect us all from all evil. May God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.